This episode of the MedTalk podcast is brought to you by MedTech Innovation Expo, the UK and Ireland's leading event for medical design and manufacturing technology. Register now at medtechexpo.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of the MedTalk podcast. I'm your host, Ian Bogland, Acting Group Editor of Life Sciences at Rapid News. This is the second of our Meet the Speaker series ahead of MedTech Innovation Expo, and today I am joined by Helena Tsaum, Social Care Lead for Microsoft. We talk about the need to embrace technology in the social care sector, how it differs from the NHS, as well as a look ahead to her seminar on day one on the MedTech Innovation Conference stage. Please note that this talk has been moved to 12pm rather than 12.30 as previously advertised. First of all, Helena, thank you very much for, for joining us on this uh, Meet the Speaker series. Just um, first of all, can you just give us a little bit of a background about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, thanks very much, Ian. Great to have the opportunity to talk to everybody ahead of the event. Um, my name's Helena. As you've mentioned, I'm the social care lead at Microsoft. So my role really is to look at the innovation that's coming down the pipe in terms of sort of broad digital themes and data um, and to um, take the time really to think about how those innovations can be used uh, within the social care context. So how can we use those technologies to improve outcomes for people and outcomes for, uh, you know, for the system all up? Um, so I work very closely with my colleagues in health around integrated care systems um, as part of my role. I think you touched upon one broad theme there that seems to come up a lot when people talk about technology and social care is tends to be a lot a lot around the system and assistance, uh, I think I'm right in saying, because uh, in order to help social care workers have an easier time of things when it comes to caring for uh, caring for, the, for, for those within their care and uh, in a sense of assisting technology to actually help treat help treat their patients. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think, um, you know, we can create the best technology in the world, but actually, if it is not going to be embraced either by, you know, by people um, who are consuming um, social care who require that support, if they don't have a say in what this looks like and how they need it to work for them, it's never going to resonate. And, and, and likewise, we need to make sure that all technology that we put in place within a care setting um, can also then support, um, you know, practitioners um, who are, you know, seeking to deliver great quality services, um, you know, to those people. So I think it needs to serve both of those aims. Um, I do also think there are huge opportunities for us to use technology um, to deliver uh, you know, a more robust and efficient system all up, um, you know, whether we're talking about social care in isolation or whether we're talking about that within the broader, broader integrated health and care context. At the start of your answer there, you, you mentioned the aspect of embracing technology. And when we talk about the, the NHS, it's always a case of uh, we've always done it this way. That seems to be the, the stereotypical attitude. Is that the same in social care as well? I think... Um, in social care, you know, if, if I talk about the providers, um, you know, for many, they haven't used a lot of technology in the past. And it's really great that the government's now getting behind an effort to support them on their digital journey. So um, I think um, 
not so much a we've always done it this way because I think social care by its nature is you know needs to be quite agile I'm sure it can become more agile as well so I, don't, I wouldn't say that there's a kind of you know sort of natural reticence there I think there's a level of curiosity uh, now and I think there are some concerns around you know people having the right kind of digital skills and things to um, you know to use the technology effectively and I'd say like colleagues in the NHS and people in social care are supportive of technology change and technology adoption if it means they can do a better job of delivering care um, and support to uh, to real human beings, because that's why most people, uh, you know, go into the profession in the first place. And you know, that's what good technology should do. When you mentioned uh, the level of curiosity, where do you think that that has stemmed from? Has that entirely been a uh, a you know a digital acceleration as a result of COVID, or, or has this been quite long standing? Um, for me, I've most recently observed it, I think, in response to the pandemic. So I think that, um, you know, us technologists have been pretty excited about the opportunities for data and digital for, you know, for a long time. Um, I think the pandemic really forced the issue uh, in terms of, you know, for all of us as citizens, never mind, um, you know, within it, within a care context, you know, um, technology delivered on its promise during the pandemic. And I think as a result, people are more prepared to be trusting of it um, within their professional lives and within this context. You know, all of our, our collective digital skills, I think, um, were raised quite substantially during the pandemic. And so I think people now are excited about the opportunity. You know, I do think, um, you know, the kind of elective backlog situation, the tremendous pressures on social care and um, are also focusing the minds that actually we can't continue to deliver things in the way that we have done previously. We have to use digital and data to make much better use of precious resource. Um, so whether that's creating uh, slicker experiences, sharing information so we only have to tell our story once, whether it's supporting people to live independently in their own homes using a range of kind of gadgets and apps, um, or whether it's data to help, um, you know, clinicians and practitioners practitioners understand if somebody's level of risk is increasing. You know, these are all um, valid areas and areas that I think, um, you know, the industry is, is, is excited about um, getting to grips with. I think in your in your answers so far, it's it, it's clear, even though people will probably say, Ian, you're stating the obvious here, that social care and the NHS, in terms of their technological needs, seems to be going hand in hand, is to make the uh, the process more efficient in terms so we can spend more time face to face caring for the people. Yeah, look, I I'd agree with that. I think there are. Um, some really important contributions that the social care world can bring to enhance the NHS capability to deliver services. You know, the first, of course, is, you know, really sort of social care together, I'd say, with a broader range of local authority delivered services or supported services, for example, around housing, um, you know, kind of community spaces, leisure centres, all of these sorts of things. You know, these are the areas where we can really pull the levers on the wider determinants of health. And so I think, you know, the, the role of the local authority within, um, you know, within the integrated care system is, is absolutely critical to supply some of that. Um, they can also bring with them data about how well these services are used and, and you know, potentially also by whom. And I think that that allows actually some really critical information to enter the system to support the NHS 
which is so keen to make sure that you know services are, are delivered um, equitably um, and that people have equity of access to those services and that we can tackle some of the wider determinants of health. Um, so you know I think that's um, you know, I think that's a really, really kind of critical area of information that, you know, local authority social care can bring in. And then providers, of course, have absolutely got their fingers on the pulse um, of what is happening on a, you know, a day by day, hour by hour, sometimes minute by minute basis uh, for uh, some people who make most use of NHS services. And of course, you know, the Internet of Things will provide second by second information if we want that. Um, so I think that there's a huge amount of information in social care um, that can be absolutely critical uh, to addressing some of the issues and supporting the NHS um, in the outcomes that it's seeking to achieve as well. Yeah, without trying to put your put words in your mouth at all, it sounds like um, the uh, everybody will just basically benefit from a more connected service wholesale. I think so. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, we've got to go through some important decision making around information governance, um, and I, I, you know, again, uh, you know, if I think about the pandemic and you know the um, the NHS app which obviously preceded the pandemic, but in some ways has become, you know, absolutely core to our um, existence, or at least was a few months ago as we were seeking to travel and demonstrate that we had, uh, you know, had injections and all that sort of thing. You know, I think we've become much more comfortable as citizens with the idea of having information about our health on our person, um, you know, thinking about how we want to share it. And I think that's quite positive if we think about the sort of information sharing that's going to need to happen. Um, I also think that uh, from an information governance point of view, uh, you know, obviously the extension of coping notices, et cetera, has supported some of that information sharing. Um, I was interested to see, um, you know, within uh, the uh, People and Places uh, white paper, um, you know, uh, at least the beginnings of, you know, bridges around information sharing between health and social care, but it would be good to see that um, become, uh, you know, sort of more industrial um, uh, over time. And from a technology point of view, the great news is that, you know, no matter really what information governance arrangements you want, there's a technical solution to help you configure that um, so that we can share information um, safely um, and appropriately. Um, but I, I think it's very important that we are, um, you know, ambitious about that, because I think that's what's needed in order to, you know, get at some of these bigger issues that we've been talking about, Ian, you know, around prevention, uh, etc. Just one final question before we come on to uh, a little bit about your talk, and that, and this may, may well indeed cross over, but what specific challenges are the, the social care sector faces when it comes to using technology compared to the NHS? Um, I think that's a good question. So I think one of the issues is, of course, um, you know, the, the number of providers um, within the social care ecosystem, if you like, is sort of 18,000 odd. And some of them are very small organisations. Some of them, of course, are quite substantial organisations as well. And so, you know, you see many, many shades of grey uh, in terms of, of technology adoption. Um, I think... Um, you know, the, the the lack of sort of professional um, um, 
sort of a professional curriculum uh, within social care, which again, I know is something the government seeks to address, means it's not obvious where you dovetail digital skills into that um, continuous professional development. So I think those are some of the, you know, some of the areas. I'd say skills is a big challenge. Skills, of course, also a really big challenge on the citizen side of things as well. Um, and that's something that, you know, we need to share and work collectively on uh, with the, uh, you know, with the NHS. So, um, you know, I think I think those are some of the, the, the sort of foundational things. Uh, you know, obviously, we've got to make sure that people have got the infrastructure to get access to um uh, to some of these great solutions as well so you know thinking about making sure everybody's got an internet connection and we know that there are still you know kind of nine percent of families at least have no uh, have no access to the internet and I th- that figure i think gets worse as, as you become uh, as you become older uh, or sorry i should say for the you know for, for an older demographic and so we've got some real fundamental issues to uh, you know to deal with I'm going to guess that you're going to be highlighting a couple of those aspects in your in, in your seminar on a, on the 8th of June. But uh, your seminar is called "Creating Innovative Ecosystems for Effective Social Care." I mean, that probably comes as no surprise from the uh, for, from those who've listened to the conversation so far. But what particular things are, are are you are you going to highlight that you can tell us about now? And what would you like people who are going to attend your seminar to take away from it? So I think. I think there are, you know, the couple of things that I'd be highlighting. So I think we see a future where, um, you know, as I, as I think I might have mentioned before, from an ICS point of view and from a clinical point of view, people think very much about, you know, longitudinal um, integrated record of health and care. And, and I'm sure that's very important from a clinical decision making point of view. But when we start to think about social care, we start to think about the individual in their entirety rather than just a particular health episode. And so what we need to do is to establish ecosystems of data that surround that individual. So pull information from housing. Yes, from the statutory uh, integrated health and care record systems, um, also information from the home, from the individual. And so we very much see the idea that there will be, um, as I say, ecosystems of data. So not necessarily systems which are integrating, but systems which are sending data into the same place so that decisions can be made based on much more of a, um, a kind of comprehensive picture of an individual um, if indeed they're an individual that requires that you know that level of support and with their uh, of course with their permission um, so that we can just tell our story once um, now getting to that stage particularly if I think about a kind of IT supplier perspective in some cases requires a bit of a change to people's business models um, because uh, for many organizations um, you know that they're, they're kind of accustomed to monetizing data and analytics well how do you do that in a world where actually your data is going to go into a big ecosystem or a big bucket um, you know for that information to be shared so I think you know, there's a balancing act so I'll certainly be reflecting on some of that uh, and I think also some uh, issues around um, digital skills but I you know overall in you know a sense of real optimism and excitement about the future I mean I think really the time is now um, to progress to progress this agenda um, is obviously top of mind for government um, and uh, you know they're obviously thinking very carefully about how they can um, you know encourage much faster pace um, innovation 
Um, so yeah, excited about it. You actually mentioned one little point that I would like I would like to ask you about is that you mentioned it's the top of minds of government at the moment, and I think you mentioned that you were encouraged by what one or two actions that they've taken so far. But what else do you think that that is within the power that they can do to help you know accelerate this agenda? I think it's been great to see um, the publication of the recent papers and um, you know, very much welcome those as a technologist been really excited actually about how much focus in there is going on you know on data and uh, and digital um, I think that you know that there's always room for more funding of course <laughs> Um, I think that, um, you know, something that is also beginning to come out quite strongly um, is, you know, thinking about um, parity of esteem for social care. Um, But I think that's a hearts and minds of the electorate issue as much as it's a policy issue. So, you know, we all quite rightly cherish the NHS, um, but we need to cherish social care as well. We will all need social care one day. Um, and we need to make sure that that workforce is, you know, is respected, looked after, has the right um, tools and the right um, professional development um, to allow it to operate, um, you know, effectively in tandem with the NHS, um, but also to allow it to operate efficiently, because those are very scarce resources. It's a sector under a lot of workforce pressure. So we really need to make the, the most of the professionals that we have in that sector so that they can, you know, they can look after what, you know, what for us today are our, you know, parents or grandparents, but, you know, that's going to be us tomorrow. Um, so, you know, we've really, uh, I think, got to, you know, got to continue um, to be ambitious for social care. And, and my hope is very much that, um, you know, that the government will, um, you know, continue as it's begun. Um, to uh, you know, to invest and think about how we create a really um, super social care um, service that we can be equally proud of. Okay, thank you, Helena. Uh, and just to remind as well, listeners, that um, Helena's talk, "Creating Innovative Ecosystems for Effective Social Care," is on day one on the MedTech Innovation Conference stage at MedTech Innovation Expo on the eighth of June. That'll be at twelve thirty. But Helena, thank you very much for your time, and thank you for giving us all a little snippet as to what you're going to be talking about. Oh, real! Thank you very much. Looking forward to it. Thank you.